welcome to yet another episode of Real Relatable. I'm your host, Donna Green, here to bring some thought-provoking discussion to your day and every day that you listen to Real Relatable. I really appreciate the kind words and um, the continued dialogue on each episode and look forward to continuing that moving forward. Now for this week, let's talk about therapy and mental stability and all the things that we need for our sanity. How's that for a poem for you today? Um, anyway, so what brings me to this topic is extremely personal. And I, I know I call this real relatable, but that doesn't mean I call it like 100% of my real business that you can relate to. I'm just going through a really tough time right now um, and dealing with it the best way that I know how. And so I want to dive into therapy and what that means for our mental health and for everyone's mental health. So if you follow me on Instagram um, or my Facebook page for Donna Janine, you may have seen what I've been up to this past weekend on a solo date night Friday, and then I got out um, Saturday night as well with some friends. But what really like sparked me to go on my own date night was that well, I was supposed to go out with a mom friend and her kids got sick and that happens, of course. Um, and so I figured I would just go and anyway. And, you know, she and I can reschedule at another time, not a big deal. But I just wanted to take myself out on a date, like, do whatever I wanted to. Um, You know, I've been on the struggle bus a little bit lately, like, I'm not driving the bus. Um, But if we metaphorically look at the bus from front seats to the back is like, you're getting off. I'm like, middle towards the back ish. So I found myself being um, just the most authentic self I could be and unapologetically doing so. And I felt and feel liberated by going on my own date night. So on Friday, I went to dinner. Um, I just sat at the bar by myself. Um, Of course, there's like couples all around, not a big deal. And I, you know, chit-chatted here and there with some of the... um, the other patrons and then the bartender. Uh, but it was, it was just a good time. Like I, like I had my little champagne bubbly to get started or whatever. It was Prosecco. And, um, after dinner, I went over to this little wine bar and I, the plan was to go wine tasting, which one of my Instagram followers, um, suggested. But at that point I was like a glass of Prosecco in and a glass of Cabernet. And I was like, you know, if I do plan to go Latin dancing after this, like all of the turns and stuff, I'd rather not just be flat on my ass after, um, going wine tasting as well. So I just had another glass of wine at that bar, just super chill and relaxed, you know, converse with some of the other people around and, um, actually got some really good tips on, um, the place I was going for, Latin night, which is kind of fun. And even something I might take up would be some classes um, that many people go to as well. So I thought that was kind of cool to run into somebody who was familiar and um, also gave some suggestions on things that I can do, which will be a lot of fun here whenever I, you know, take up some classes, um, never mind, you know, tennis and everything else that I have going on. But, um, so I went to Latin night, 
again, still by myself. You know, I knew no one and I'm just like super excited because I haven't been dancing since I lived in Texas. So at least three years. And, um, I really, I used to go a lot when, um, I was in college and really it's, you know, it's been a good while as it is. So it kind of took me back to the college days of just going out and enjoying myself and, um, so that's what I did. And it took a while. <laughs> I felt like I had to prove myself to the um, to the guy dancers there, evidently, because like nobody was asking me to dance. And I was just kind of like sitting by myself and bobbing around to the music. And um, then I got up and asked someone if he wanted to dance. And he was like, no. And so I just like, well, dang, OK, I'll just awkwardly show myself back to my own seat um and then finally someone else asked me to dance and from there I guess that was enough proof to know that I could hang and um yeah anyway so it, it turned out to be a really really good night and I it was so soul fulfilling um just to be out and dance and do what I wanted and just I had like a permanent smile on my face um the whole night and I, I, it was amazing. And then last night I went to, um, a tailgate for the BSU football game. They were playing Hawaii. I wasn't particularly interested in either team, but I thought it would be fun to get out and tailgate because I haven't done that. I don't think I've ever done that. Um, but I did for, you know, this game. And so that was kind of fun. And, um, then after I went to, a. um, one bar and just had a glass of wine and went to another sort of lounge place that was kind of neat. They had a live DJ and um, he was playing some really good like 2000s, um, early 2000s, uh, 90s music and kind of smashing or dubbing whatever the correct terminology is them together and um so that was a lot of fun to kind of like take you back I feel like that's what music does sometimes it's kind of like take you back to certain periods of your life and it did that for me but it was it was a lot of fun and um so I had a pretty good time there too so all that to be said you know I kind of needed my own time away um from the house and just to enjoy myself and do whatever I wanted. Um, because again, going through some things that are personal, but, um, with those things, it's that therapy has, uh, reared its beautiful head back into my life. Um, so we're going to talk about the realities of why we all likely need therapy at one point or another and how it's really probably the healthiest way that you can cope and deal with things that we all go through. In general, there's like, this stigma about going to therapy or even really from the black community, um, about going to therapy. It's like, you know, you don't need therapy, you need Jesus, or, you know, then you end up turning to substance abuse or something else to, you know, mask pain, which is a whole other topic for another time. But I think the importance of therapy for me, um, I went when I was younger, like there were, um, some difficult times and I've written about them on my blog, um, at least one major, um, instance on my blog. And so you can go to DonnaJunie.com if you want to read that. But, um, I've gone to therapy for that. And, um, I mean, I wasn't receptive really at the time because I was a teenager and 
I hated the thought of talking to somebody I didn't know and telling them my problems and whatever. So like, I didn't, I don't, didn't last long there. Um, but then in college, what was neat, I went to the University of Illinois in Champaign, Urbana, or Urbana-Champaign, how, whichever way it goes. That what was neat about the the college or the university was that they included some mental health um, sessions, so like you know therapy sessions with um, certified therapists on campus um, with tuition, and so I went maybe like once a week for a little bit, and then I went once a month after talking um, through some things and really it was just to you know understand myself a little bit more and provide some clarity um, about relationships and stuff like that and so now as an adult I'm totally in a different place from where I was in college and um, going back to therapy it's that same kind of thing like not not to work through you know previous histories of issues but just to have some clarity get some guidance, like unbiased. There's, you know, not someone who knows me as like personally, um, and things that I can say or, um, ask without judgment and stuff like that. So I found myself back in therapy, um, last week and the first session I feel like went really well and it really helped me to, um, make a a big decision recently, but, it, it helped me also feel good about making that decision or maybe even understanding more about my own um, thought processes. And for me, going to therapy doesn't, you know, have the same kind of stigma. And, if, and for many people that I think have gone to therapy, they don't hold the stigma to it. But those that don't, the people that we go to therapy for, um, I think the, the stigma is almost showing like weakness or um, like you're not strong enough to deal with, you know, things on your own or, um, you know, you don't want to feel less than to, you know, deal with your problems or, you know, your mental state, which I don't think is very healthy. I mean, internalizing that kind of pain or frustration or whatever your sentiments are, um, that's got you kind of in a funk, like, it's not good to internalize those things. So, you know, some people will talk to friends like I have, we all do. Um, but then if you, you know, want that professional approach, that's, you know, from a good therapist, of course, but that professional approach that will give you some like objective reasoning behind your own behaviors or, um, you know, helping maybe to understand the behaviors of other people and how you react to them and, stuff like that. So it's, I feel like it's really, um, a good thing to go to therapy and and it's as many people that are starting to talk about mental health and, um, you know, bring awareness to people so that they're not feeling alone. I, I think we're going to get out of this negative, negative stigma for therapy here soon. And frankly, I was not necessarily one of those people, but it took me a while to even get back into therapy. Like, I had been thinking about it and putting it off and for, I, I really don't know why. And I, I wish that I would have done this a lot sooner, but that's just how life goes sometimes. I feel like, you know, as a mom also, I kind of put off my own things when I need to be able to focus on those two and, um, outside of the family and, um, my son. And so, you know, keeping 
myself important. You know, I would do other things for, you know, your own self-care, like massages or nails or, you know, go out with friends here and there and stuff like that. But really when, you know, we're talking about like your mental stability and getting that sort of check and just being able to talk freely and get challenged a little bit, you know, it's, it's interesting when I've been in my therapy sessions a couple times now, but it's like, you're telling a story almost, or, you know, telling about an experience. And, um, there's a point where they're like, well, well, tell me about that. And you're like, oh, well, crap. Like I hadn't had to think too much further into this, or I hadn't really had to, you know, delve into my feelings about this or why, you know, I feel like this, or I think like this. And so it just, it's, it's challenging, but, um, you know, I knew all of these things that maybe that therapy would do for me, but yet I still procrastinated. But um, I'm glad that I'm finally going. And other times for people, the excuse is not letting a stranger in on your damn business. And I get that. But like, you know how many people open up to bartenders who are like, man, I gotta listen to this shit again. Like, go to someone who's trained. Like, I'm sure there's some bartenders that are actual psychologists or therapist but that's not what they're there for like go get you some professional help and some real help from someone who specializes in helping you what can also be damaging if you don't get professional help is like you know you might talk to your friends or family about some things that you're going through or they'll just notice your your behaviors and you'll just automatically you know dub someone like a sociopath or a narcissist or crazy or like bipolar, you know, all of these things with, you know, not everyone is clinically approved or whatever to (laughs) diagnose someone. But, you know, if these things are just kind of thrown out there in a way where the person that's got the issues, it's maybe going to stick. And um, then they really don't get help because, again, the stigma. What's crazy is, you know, we talked about it a little bit on the last episode um, about Black maternal health and the different stressors that we endure and how it just becomes a cycle um, for certain things. So, you know, in the Black community in general, again, we've got so many more stressors um, in the workplace or personally, society-wise, like all of these kinds of things that impact us um, in our mental health. And so we deal with a a lot more. And um, if we're not going to therapy or getting some professional help and, you know, someone will go to the substance abuse route, especially when you look at, you know, incarceration rate. So depending on that kind of substance, you know, if it's that like illicit drug use, for example, and um, those illegal drugs and, you know, you get busted with that and then you wind up in jail. And that's a whole other story and topic for another time about the justice system. Um, And especially as it relates to, um, to black people. And then we look at how everything is like intertwined with each other, um, with these different topics. Also, you know, there aren't really a whole lot of black therapists um, in the U.S. So there are 2% of American Psychological Association members who are black. And so if you're, you know, a black person looking for mental health help and you want to find a black therapist, it's not going to be easy. I mean, 2% of therapists, like, good grief. Uh, I mean, I even 
have looked myself because I I wanted to just have that relatability, especially living here in Idaho um, as the biggest factor because there aren't exactly a lot of people that look like me already. And uh, I remember telling my sister about this because she's, of course, an advocate for um, therapy and, you know, for me to, to go, you know, talk to someone. And um, so I was looking up, you know, black therapists near me or um, I think it changed it to like African-American therapists near me. And so it pulls up this list of people and um, in their pictures and their qualifications. And I'm like, none of these people are actually black. And so then I look at one of the profiles a little bit further and it's like certified in helping African-Americans. I'm like, what does that even mean? You know, <laughs> like, yes, you, sir, white man, that's never been black a day in your life. Like, how do you, how are you certified in, you know, African-American culture or whatever it was? It was just, anyway, it was just really, it was kind of funny. I'm not knocking anyone. I mean, the therapist that I'm seeing now is, um, she's not black, which is totally fine. And, you know, obviously, most people going to therapy don't have a black therapist, um, which is again fine. But it was it was just funny to see the way that it's described, and I'd be curious to know what that actually means. Like, what's that education like when you're <laughs> learning about, um, you know, or going to school for psychology? And is there like a sub segment or a chapter about you know African Americans? Anyway. You know, I and I get it too because you want to have someone who can not just listen and you know give you professional advice, but um that can relate to you, but also not give you those like microaggressions that you're probably already used to getting anyway. So if I'm gonna go get help from someone, I don't you don't need to give me any you know culturally or racially insensitive microaggressions like. Nobody likes that or, you know, any blatant racism too. Nobody likes that. So I can understand, you know, the hesitation from that regard about going to therapy and having a hard time finding someone who looks like you. But uh, I know I mentioned on the last episode um, about black about black maternal health and um, the podcast on Black Mamas and the one lady, Thea, she's um, a licensed clinic. I forget her time. She's a therapist. Um, and so <laughs> she specializes in working with black people, which is nice, but I don't think my insurance covers her. And I'm not at a point where I can, you know, do that kind of payments for therapy. But I will continue to do my Patreon monthly for Dim Back Mamas for sure. There's another podcast I really like to listen to. It's called The Read with Crystal and Kid Fury. Like if y'all listen to that, you've probably heard them talk about um, their own, you know, mental health struggles and them going to therapy. Um, Side note, they're both black. Uh, But then they also talk about Talkspace, which they're sponsored by. I am not, of course. Um, But the that's just another way for everyone to have access to therapy that they need. And it's, it's like an app and you can talk to licensed therapists and stuff like that. So, um, you know, if you're struggling and you're really at that, maybe a depressive state or just like an extreme state where you need help, like you have so many options at this point, there's almost no excuse. Um, the main point is really just being able to find that form of therapy that works for you. 
part of why I started going to therapy also was because I think I mentioned how, you know, you would go to friends or family and stuff like that, but there comes a point where they probably don't want to hear you talk anymore um, <laughs> about the same thing or just can't give you that kind of perspective that you need from a professional. And so, um, and plus I, I feel bad, like I, I kind of try and distribute my uh, issues <laughs> uh, between a couple people uh, that I trust and that I can, you know, get some feedback from um, at various points because I don't want to like inundate somebody with my problems when, you know, you, you know, you have friends for a reason, of course, cause you can always go to them and it's amazing that you can, but I also have some sort of like guilt or something that holds me back a little bit from doing that all of the time. Even, you know, they'll say, you know, feel free to call whenever and all of that. And I want to take them up on it, but I also don't want to be a pest. And, um, maybe that's the, I don't even know what to call it. I just don't want to be a bother. So um, not all the time anyway. So therapy, it's dedicated time for you to hash it out, talk it out, and really get some substantial help and really keep your friends along the way so they don't disown you. So now we're at the part of the show where we do our weekly faith in humanity restored. Um, So this is where we can give back. Uh, by supporting businesses that incorporate giving from sales to charities or donating directly to the source, a dollar or a share, it all counts. So this week, of course, going with the topic of um, of therapy and mental health, uh, the organization that we're going to focus on this time would be NAMI. So this is the National Alliance on Mental Illness. And so they um, or the nation's largest grassroots mental health organization, and they're dedicated to building better lives for millions of Americans affected by mental illness. So they do that um, by relying on gifts and contributions to support their work, which is to educate, advocate, listen, and lead. So if, you know, you might not need your own sort of mental help right now, but maybe you do in the future, or you likely have a family member that is in need. So definitely keep that in mind. Again, these are organizations that I have already donated to. So if you're able to also, that's great. If not, that's okay too. Um, for NAMI, their website is NAMI.org. Um, and again, I'll, I'll always post these in the show notes too, so you can see that there. Well, that's all I have for this week, you guys. I do always appreciate you joining me on Real Relatable. I hope you enjoy the episodes as much as I do. I don't really have any parenting struggles this week. It's kind of interesting the the point that we're at with Gray. He's teething and so he's moody sometimes, but um, he's also in this very like clingy kind of wanting hugs and kisses all the time phase, which is adorable. And of course, I'm soaking it all up. So um, a little bit of a high and low all at the same time, but it's a beautiful journey and I wouldn't change it at all. Please do share the podcast with like a friend or a family member. Maybe that'll help them in their therapy journey or maybe even yourself um, getting into it or getting back into it like I did. And um, your support is greatly appreciated. So if you would kindly leave a review, um, rate, review, subscribe to Real Relatable. I think it's just about everywhere that you can get it. So especially if you're listening to it at this point. Um, But my Instagram is Donna Janine. If you'd like to follow me there, um, along with Real Relatable Podcast. And then my Facebook page is Donna Janine as well. 
So until next time, please be sure to keep it real and stay relatable. Thank mm-hmm. you.